Welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, and unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Um, This week, we have a themed episode um, centered around the state of Vermont. Yeah, this is something we've wanted to do this for a while. We've had it on our list, like, oh, we can do an episode for every state in the U.S. Right. And eventually, also, like, every country, like, it's, it's never ending. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. It's great. There's so much so, unknowable out there. Yeah, this is kind of, I think, a fun theme for episodes because it doesn't need to, like, I think today we've got, what, you've got a cryptid and I've got a haunting. Yep. So we've got two very different unknowable things that take place in the same state. Right. But we can kind of get variety that way where it's not, like, two hauntings or two missing people or whatever. Exactly. It's, it's two very different things. So, yeah, I'm psyched. Also, fun fact for people listening, uh, Gray and I actually, this is a very fitting first state, I think, because we love Vermont. Right. Um, Gray, well, Gray and his wife got married in Vermont. Yes, we did. Um, And also, we grew up going to Vermont to, uh, our grandparents had a lake house in Vermont, and that was like our favorite place in the world. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Such good childhood memories there so good so we love vermont and we i totally get that vermont is like beautiful and earthy and like natural and amazing but also like a little spooky oh yeah well i mean like it's so heavily wooded and it's so old and there's just been a ton of like i don't know like new england in general is kind of like that where it's just like old and creepy and you have like you know history going all the way back to like the first white settlers in the united states so it's like rife with just creepy weird like cryptids and haunted places and cemeteries and and then like yeah if you've ever driven through vermont you're on these like beautiful scenic roads but then the minute like the sun goes down you're on this like twisty windy road in the middle of like these giant mountains and you're like oh wow i am in literally the middle of nowhere right now beautiful but super creepy. Super creepy. Oh yeah. I think we, I feel like we've told this story for some reason before, but, um, so our grandparents had a house on a lake and just right across the lake was like a, I think like a smallish mountain. Um, and I remember we used to, so a, I vividly remember how creepy the downstairs of our grandparents' house had a big, like sliding glass door. Yep. And, downstairs was where like all the bedrooms were so we would always sleep down there and I remember like either there were curtains that would be pulled back or there weren't curtains on the sliding door and it creeped me the fuck out to think that feeling of like it's pitch black outside and something could be out there in the yard watching me but I can't see it yep oof um so that's cool and that's cool but do you remember we used to like I hope we talked about this at the time um but I used to have like a fear. Oh, so our grandparents had binoculars that would sit by, you know, one of the windows, like classic grandparent thing. So like they can watch the birds or whatever. Right. And um, so cute. And we used to look for some reason. I remember there was like a flag or something at the top of the mountain. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Like 
I like almost feel like it wasn't always there. It was like a thing to look out for, which seems weird. But mm. um, my thing was always I was worried that if I looked with the binoculars and I saw what was on the mountain close up that I would see a I always pictured it as like sort of like a Bigfoot type of creature, like running down the mountain. And my fear was oh, that it yeah. was going to be like running down to come and like get us. Right. I remember talking about like, that why? actually. I know. That's such yeah. a, like an irrational childhood fear. <clears throat> yeah. Like I mean, based in probably nothing. our history of watching the X-Files as children. Yeah, that's true. I think I don't want to say that that like messed me up. I think it made me more interesting. It like seasoned me. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I mean, definitely, you know, probably today. most kids. Yeah, like, yeah, we're doing we're doing good. But I have to assume most kids did not assume like, oh, mountain. Oh, there must be a creature running down to get me. Like, <laughs> it's probably a not. Horrifying mental image, too. Yeah, it was great. But um, but yeah, the creepy back roads, the thick woods. Um, We did an episode about the Bennington Triangle, which yeah. is another Vermont thing with all the missing people. Mm-hmm. Um which sort of goes back to the, um, we did a whole episode on the national parks, missing people. The Bennington triangle is similar where it's like sort of this area of the green mountains where people are missing. So if you guys haven't heard that, go back and check that out. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of deep, thick woods, lots of winding roads, which, uh, reminds me, I watched a movie recently, um, called dead end. It's a movie from 2003 and, one of the stars is Ray Wise, which if anybody has seen Twin Peaks knows that he plays Leland Palmer in Twin Peaks. Um, the movie itself was like, okay, it was fine. But it the basic premise was that this family was heading to like the adult's parents' house, like the grandparents' house for Christmas. Right. And they're, you know, usually they take the highway. Like it was a whole thing that like we always take the freeway. But the dad had decided like, you know what, let's take a little shortcut through the woods, which like is never a shortcut. Nope. That's how um, horror movies start. Yeah, exactly. Like, that is not a good thing. And going back roads is never, it's never faster. It's sometimes nicer, but it's never faster. Right. Um, but anyways, he he goes a different route, decides to go through the woods for whatever reason, like, doesn't have any type of mechanism to get him there. He's just, like, winging it, which seems like a poor choice. Yep. And um, eventually, you know, they're starting to realize, like, this weird shit starts happening, which I won't spoil if anybody wants to watch it but shit starts happening bad shit and essentially if anybody has seen the movie grave encounters have you seen that movie where they're like i don't think it's so. a movie kind of mocking ghost hunters like it's it's totally obviously mocking ghost adventures actually because the lead <laughs> character like is seems very much like um zach yep which actually now that i think about it i'm like wondering how the timeline of those matches up but anyways they're mocking ghost hunters and they're in an asylum and eventually they realize that like they can't get out of the asylum like the interior of the building is like subtly shifting and they can't find the door that they came in and then they find it but they can't get out and like it's really a very claustrophobic movie because you're like oh my god they're just stuck in here and not as simple as just like the door's locked it's like the building literally just keeps changing like they go up a staircase and it's supposed to be the third floor or whatever and like the wall like the door is like just bricked off like it just ends type of thing and um it's a terrible feeling and then like their clocks are all wonky so they have like no idea how long it's been like what time of day it is like just it's terrible and um this movie actually came out before that so maybe that movie borrowed a little bit from this but 
they're on this road and eventually they just keep seeing the same sign for the same town, but like they aren't passing anything. There's no houses, there's no lights, there's no people, no other cars, like nothing. Right. And it's like an awful feeling because you're just like, oh my God, they just, there's no side roads, there's nowhere to go. They don't know how long, it's like been hours that they've been driving and like just nothing. Um, so yeah, anyways, Jesus. check it out if you're wow. interested in movies like that that make you feel like you're going to die along with the characters. <laughs> Um, Classic. So, anyways, that might have been our longest segue. Um, so, <laughs> last episode, uh, I went first, and so this episode, Gray is going to go first. Word. All right. So, have you ever heard of the Vermont Pigman, also known as the no. Northfield Pigman, also known as Sam Harris? Oh, interesting. No, but this you'll see in a few minutes that that is actually somewhat connected to my topic. Oh, wow. We did not plan Beyond that just the state. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. No, yeah, I've never heard of that. Wow. Okay. So, first of all, Northfield, Vermont, it's kind of like central Vermont near the capital, Montpelier. Um, pretty, like, rural, wooded kind of place. Um, population in 2010 was, like, 6,000 people. So, just like a <laughs> small little town. Um, so... In 1951, on Halloween, which we're a little late, but oh, still yes. pretty close. A little, a little late. Um, yes. On Halloween, so this kid, Sam Harris, um, I haven't found an age for how old he was, but he was like a young kid, was going out to do some, they said, like, do some mischief on what I guess is called picket night in this town. I don't know if that's like a regionalism, but hmm. whatever. So he's going out to just fuck around like kids do on Halloween. And disappears. Never found. Never found again. Um, his oh, parents freak out naturally when he doesn't come home. And there's this giant search for him. Like all these volunteers, all these people in the town looking for him. Um, but he's never seen again. Still to this day. Nobody knows what happened to Sam Harris. Dang. Fast forward to um, 1971. So this is like 20 years later. So say he was anywhere between 5 and 15 years old. So he'd be anywhere between 25 and um, 35 at this point. <laughs> Jeez, math. Yeah. Um, Whoa. <laughs> so at, there's a high school dance going on in uh, Northfield. And these kids all of a sudden bust through the door of the dance and come in and they're just like, scre like screaming and crying. Because they they were out drinking in a sand pit, which is such a rural thing to do, and yeah, of course they saw what they described as a pig man. Um, he was covered in white hair. Um, had a the he was he was a he had like a human like body covered in like sparse white hair and the head of a pig, and oh. it was quote bounding over the hill, kicking up sand at them. So just think of a pig Jesus. man run like a a, a human like figure with a pig's head running full speed at you while you're drinking in a no, sand pit. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. Which is why these kids, so you, they're like high school boys, ran into the this dance and they were like screaming and like actually like like crying, like hysterically crying. They were so scared. Um, My God. Yeah. So there's around the same time. Um, People's dogs and cats were started to go missing. Um, this farmer 
reported that there was something like rattling around near his trash cans and looked out and there was a pig man covered in white hair, um, like rooting around in his trash cans. What the hell? Yeah. So the local lore is that this pig man either is the boy Sam Harris that disappeared, who was possessed by the devil or possessed by some spirit on Halloween night in 1951 and essentially like went feral and went off into the woods and survived by eating animals raw. And the idea is that he would kill pigs, disembowel them and like eat the entrails and stuff and then take the pig's head and hollow it out and wear it like a rotting flesh mask. Wow. And wear that around when he was doing whatever weird shit he did. Um, Holy crap. So, yeah. So that's one explanation for it. Or the idea is that the pig man is an actual cryptid with, like, the body of a human and the head of a pig that ate Sam Harris. And that's why Sam Harris disappeared. Um, And also part of the legend in this case, if you believe that it's an actual cryptid with the head of a pig is that this pig man goes around and like mates with like local pigs. And so some of the piglets that are born in these places in Northfield are um, human pig man, actual pig hybrids that are being That's born, terrible. which I'm, I'm assuming is probably also sort of a way of explaining away some, you know, birth defects from pigs that just right. happen naturally. Um, wow. But... Yeah, it's the first time I recall reading about a cryptid that has a name and a backstory. Yeah. Um which is super bizarre to think about that it's like cuz you'll if you if you search like Sam Harris Vermont, you'll find information about the pigman. It's like in a lot of these things it's like the story of Sam Harris. It's not like pigman. Right. That's <sighs> fucked up. Like yeah. imagine if that was your well I guess probably his parents aren't alive anymore, but right. imagine if you were his parents though. Like, I mean, if that did start in the, what you said, the seventies was when the Pigman specifically started. Like, so the parents probably were alive then. And right. like, imagine if everybody was like, that's that kid that went missing. You'd be like, dude. Right. Well, there's also, there's an, a, a, another story too. Like all, none of this information was like dated or had any kind of like sourcing. So it's like, who knows how accurate all of these reports are. But supposedly there was a point in around that same time when the like Sam Harris's mother like opened the back door and saw like a pig, like pig entrails and like a pig's head that had been like left on like her back porch. And supposedly she was so distraught that she killed herself. Oh, my God. And it's like, was that Sam Harris like leaving his mom like a present because he like missed her or something or, you know, like was it like a warning to the mom? Like, was he pissed at the mom? Like, who knows? You know what I mean? Right. Or just like some shitty townspeople because people do that and they're like, right. oh, your son is the pig man. Ugh. Like, that's awful. Especially if Jesus. she actually killed herself. I didn't actually look to see if she actually did kill herself. Um, but supposedly, Dang. too, there was a group of dudes who... So this area in near Northfield is actually called the Devil's Washbin. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, there's actually like the Devil's Washbin Road. Um, oh, my God. That goes right through here that you can drive on. And that's awesome. It, yeah. Right. I want to I want to go. Oh, excuse me. The Devil's Wash Bowl. The Devil's Wash Bowl. Oh, um, Oops. Devil's Wash Bowl Road. Well, 
that that changes things <laughs> very much but um it's definitely like road trip material here oh yeah and if you go along here it's basically like a, a part in the like in the mountains because i guess Northfield is like a pretty mountainous like kind of valley situation and so the devil's wash bowl is like a, this particular part where like the mountains all kind of dip down into what is a scent like you know could be called the bowl and that area is like very um like it's i guess it's dotted with waterfalls and caves so mm-hmm. there's one these dudes you know messing around looking around in all these caves and stuff i guess found a cave where they found a bunch of like pig bones in one of the caves oh no no which could be sort of like where the pig man was living which the wow. the only the only eating other pigs right well i mean either pig man eating other pigs or sam harris eating pigs and hollowing out their heads to wear dude right which is you know, super dark because this could not even be supernatural this could right. just be like a kid like having a psychotic break from reality and going out and just eating pigs and wearing their heads around and living in a cave right and if you think about it too at this point at least we're relatively safe because if you know he was a child in 1951 he would be like in his what like 70s late 70s early 80s and i'm sure you know living that kind of lifestyle where you're in a cave eating raw pig every day not the healthiest lifestyle so if he's a human or the healthiest we don't know (laughs) oh right exactly (laughs) maybe he'll live to be a (laughs) hundred that's the secret i was gonna say he's either dying really early or never dying (laughs) (laughs) how many of us have data on like how healthy is it to live in a cave eating nothing but raw pigs doctors hate him because he found the one key to immortality (laughs) (laughs) living in the caves of vermont in the devil's washbowl imagine though like because he like in all the all the accounts he's like fully naked too so it's like he's he has as he's living his new lifestyle he has discarded clothing altogether which means like new lifestyle it gets fucking cold in vermont too so like (laughs) and you're living in a cave which i guess provides some shelter from like wind and rain but still it would be so cold Maybe that's I mean, why he wears the pig. Maybe he maybe he wears maybe right. maybe he's actually wearing the pig skin over his body, and that's why there's like the white yeah. hair. Oh, that's nasty! Wow, that is the whole thing dark. Is, no matter what, it's nasty. Well, yeah, like, and I'm feeling like, as much as I love cryptids, like I'm feeling like this is more likely a scenario of like this dude. I mean, there's stories of people going missing, and they went missing because they had a psychotic break or. Oh, a, yeah like head injury type of situation and they just completely forgot like who and what they were oh, and that would make sense. they like didn't yeah like didn't know how to get home like there was a i think it was on unsolved mysteries a <laughs> story like that and it was yeah it was really sad because the guy went missing and then like the wife was obsessed with finding him and like i want to say she was just traveling around like wherever he might have gone and then but there were like sightings of him so she's like oh my god he's definitely something he's not dead right and then by the time she found him um yeah he had like no memory of anything and he you know basically like their marriage didn't last because he was like i don't even know who you are jesus um super fucking sad and like she doesn't really know what happened to him like he can't remember to tell her so it's just like something happened to make him lose his memory and now he's just like living some new life that's crazy so yeah Yeah. sam harris he hit his head on that halloween night woke up maybe he like hit his head while he was walking on some country road woke up and he was like next to a pig pen and that was sort yeah. of like the like 
the first thing he imprinted on. Yeah. Just like, I'm a pig. Wow. And then somehow survived. We have no idea if that's based on any kind of science or psychology, but... Nope. You know, it's it's just a cool thought right. that he woke up and was I just mean, like... I mean, is it cool? Or is it I mean, incredibly dark and sad? Sort of. It's very dark. It's super dark. And yeah, like, I almost wish I believed it was a cryptid, but I think I, I would lean more towards thinking that's a person wearing a pig, like, flesh suit. Right. Which I wonder, anybody out there may have played the game um, Manhunt for PlayStation 2 and Xbox. There's a, wow. a character who's like the main sort of the main bad guy that you fight at the end of the, of the game. And it's this psychotic pig man with a chainsaw. And so I wonder if that could have, you know, that could have been some of the inspiration. There are, are, there are also other pig men in various sort of like legends and lore around the, around the world. I didn't go super into all of them, but I saw some, some more in North America and also like in, in Asia and, um, Europe as well, that there's like reports of like pigmen. Interesting. Just like That's... someday we'll have to do an episode on dogmen where it's like basically like the body oh, of a yeah. man, the head of a dog. That's a big thing right now that a lot of people are talking about too. But this sort of like oh, yeah. human animal hybrid chimera thing seems to be a, a huge through line in the human experience of weird shit in the world. I like it. I, you know, it's fascinating. And also another, I don't know if I'd call this a movie recommendation, but there's a movie called Pelts. And if you watch it, you can see uh, the singer Meatloaf running around in somebody else's skin, like another human skin. So, wow, that's a thing. That's, you know, while happened. we're on the topic of people wearing other people's skin, <laughs> uh, sometimes, you know, you do it for all kinds of reasons. Gotta but do what you gotta do. It sounds very unpleasant. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, and guess, so yeah, know. Pigman, he's like a he's a thing, he's a local legend. There's like a brewery that has a Pigman brew. Um there's like shirts that say wow. like like Pigman lives and stuff. He's like a little local curiosity. Which is interesting cuz okay, awesome. the sort of like the the sort of like cottage industry that's grown around the idea of the Pigman mm-hmm. is super like kind of like lighthearted and jokey, but like the mm. story at the core is like really dark and unsettling. So I don't know what to make of that. Oh yeah. Especially, yeah, like, I think if it, for me, if it was, if the primary belief was that it was a cryptid and it was some unexplained creature, that would be much less dark and much more worthy of like, haha. But if the prevailing idea is that it was a kid that went missing and then for whatever reason, like, became the pig man, then that's pretty fucked. But I would still wear that shirt. Oh, me too. I think. And there's been, (laughs) there's been sightings of pig man all the way up to 2015. Wow, and, uh, I mean, p- potentially later too, because I just uh, I couldn't find anything past twenty fifteen in my in my research. But I'm sure there's you know, I'm sure people are still seeing the pig man. That is amazing. That definitely we've talked about this many times, and what we've had this podcast for how many years has it been? Has it been three years? Two, three, yeah, sure. Time is an illusion. Something it's like a that? flat circle, so I have no idea. But I have no idea. Could be a month. Could be five years. Um. But we've been saying the entirety of the podcast, like, oh, when we, like, do some road trips for unknowable things. But we're going to do it um, eventually. Our kids are going to get big enough that that's going to be, like, a thing. Maybe even next year. Yep. We could do, like, some road trips, and they could be based around creepy stuff, but then we'll do, like, kid stuff, too. Oh, yeah. And this would be a good place, because this is not that far from us. We live in Maine. Right. And we could go there, and we could buy a Pigman shirt, and check out 
some of this cool stuff. Um, which segs nicely into my topic, which is also in Northfield, Vermont. Really? How crazy is that? Weird. We picked topics in the same town. It's fucked up. Um, I mean, Vermont is very small, but yes. still. Um, so, yeah, I researched a Norwich University, which is oh, yeah. a, yeah, it's a senior military college in Northfield, Vermont, um, which again, as Gray said, as you said, is southeast of Montpelier, Montpelier, um, in the Green Mountains. It's the country's oldest private military college, which is it weird that I didn't know that military college was a thing? I didn't know that. Yeah. I guess I only knew of like um, West Point as like a, a military institution. Oh, that's true. But I guess it does stand to reason <laughs> that there would be more than just one. Right? Yeah, that's true. I did know about West Point. And I guess uh, for what, it, maybe it's just the, the wording of military college. Like, I don't know what I would call something like West Point, but uh, military college to me was like, oh, right. Okay. Um, hmm. But yeah, this place was like the birthplace of ROTC, the Reserve Officers Training Corps, which is like people go to college and train to become an army officer at the same time in exchange for their paid tuition. Right. Like this is where that started. Um, so the university is about 200 years old. So it's like rife with creepy stories. Oh, yeah. Um, and supposedly very haunted. Some of the things that I read like were placing it in the top like five haunted universities in the country jesus um yeah and of course anything to do with hauntings like basically every bit of information is anecdotal there's nothing that can be proven which is perfect right. for a show called unknown exactly um so there's a whole bunch of just like any university there's all different buildings and fields and things like that so there are all kinds of stories that go with different parts of the university so there's a uh a field, God, I'm going to botch this name. <laughs> it's Sa- Sabine. It's S-A-B-I-N-E. You know oh, yes. Said? I think I've seen Sabine. Like, Sabine? there's a famous like, painting, The Rape of the Sabine Women. And I think that's how mm. I've heard it said. Okay. I feel like it could also be like Sabine. I don't know. Mm. Sabine Field. It's a Roman um, word. There's, is it a Roman word? Yeah, huh. or Latin. That's rather. interesting. But yeah. Interesting. Wow. Um. Yeah, there's something called the Sabine Walker has been known to march behind people or along the side of the field in the form of either like a cadet or just a person. Um, And in some cases, quote, carries out his or her watch on horseback. So some type of spirit that marches around that field. Um, Weird. Which is creepy and awesome. Yeah. Horse is uh, like the least of my, my, my fears when there's haunted the shit. Yeah. It's, you know, that's cool. And it, nothing, nothing bad. It's just chilling, just doing its job. Um, there is another part of the university, Hawkins Hall, um, a senior communications major named Jim Black said that um, his cadre told him a tale of the ghost Private Willie Johnson, which, okay, that name. Willie <laughs> like, Johnson. You got th- Private Willie Johnson. You got like three different words for Private Dick, Dick right there, but. <laughs> uh, good times yeah i'm like that's no wonder this guy is haunting your ass <laughs> exactly. um <laughs> but supposedly this ghost would tap on the radiators with like a rhythmic beating and there are like stories of people hearing it and then like yelling like hey like cut it out and then it stops yeah, that's um, weird 
which, you know, either means that it's a person doing it or at least kills the theory that, you know, like radiators do just make noise. Like we used to have a radiator in our apartment and like it just makes weird sounds. So, but that kind of cuts that theory out that like, it's not just the radiator doing shit if it stops when you yell at it. Um, and then there's another in Hawkins Hall, there's another story about, uh, the physical therapy ghost or PT ghost oh. who people would have like their, phys- I don't exactly know what gear you have for physical therapy, but they'd have their gear out and the ghost would like fold it for you <laughs> when you were gone. Um, that's a thing. There's a, a chaplain hall. There's the legend surrounding that is there's a spirit who lurks by the front door. And when the hall was previously used as a library would like make, you know, books like fly off the shelves type of thing. Right. Um, there's Jackman Hall. Students have a game called the Jackman Challenge where you close all the doors. You start upstairs. I don't know how many floors there are, but you start upstairs turning all the lights off. And by the time you reach the bottom floor, the lights on the top are already back on and the doors are opened. So like that's creepy. The ghosts in there are like doing shit. Yeah. Which again, somebody is like, oh, it was just, there's a janitor there and they're just, but it's like, why would the janitor obsessively doing that? And like, why would nobody see like run into the janitor at some point and be like, Oh, Hey, it's just you. Right. Um, there is Gerard hall. There's a student who in this story wanted to remain anonymous described seeing a shadowy six foot figure standing. So he was looking out the window in the middle of the night, saw a six foot figure standing by like a lamppost. And then he yelled at it for some reason. And why would you? I know. Like that would, that would never be my, even if it was a person, why would you just yell at a six foot (laughs) person? Right. Like it's like three in the morning and you're like, what the fuck? Hey, what are you doing? But yeah, the figure like sped around like the side of the building and down the stairs. And then this person, like dude who yelled at this figure, uh, heard a banging outside of his door. And then this like spirit or whatever, apparently like came into his room and like got in his face. He like described it as like a thing. Um, yeah. So that's why you don't do that. That like, I don't want to victim blame, but like you kind of had that coming. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. Jesus. Um, yeah, there's the Patterson building. Students have reported seeing, like, secure stacks of books falling off the shelf onto the ground. Or uh, somebody in a different room described, like, having a mirror hanging in the corner of the room. And then it, like, crashed to the ground. They heard this, like, while they were sleeping or whatever. And got up to investigate, like, what the hell was that? And the mirror was, like, in the middle of the room. Like, there's no way that it could have Oof. gotten there by falling type of thing, which is horrible. Yeah. That's awful. Um, yeah, there's, um, Oh, the most interesting story is so alumni hall is the oldest building on campus built in 1905. Um, in March of 2012, the Norwich record, like a local paper featured a story entitled spirits among us, which outlined the story of two cadets who were brothers So one of them went to the school and he ended up hanging himself in a room in alumni hall. And then a year later, his brother went to the school and also hung himself in like the same building anyways, or I think the same room. Um, Jesus. Yeah. And so the story says that uh, the hangings were viewed initially as tragic, but unrelated coincidences until one fateful day when totally unrelated cadet, 
uh, walked into the same room where those two men had hung themselves and saw his friend standing on a chair getting ready to hang himself. And when the, that guy was asked why, he explained that the victims, the two previous hanging victims, appeared to him in the mirror coaxing him to join them. Nope. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I got full body chills telling that story. Jesus. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. So I've never that heard was, anything like that before. I know. That was the story that when I was looking up what to do, I like, there was a bunch of haunted shit in Vermont and all of them mm. were just like, eh, okay. But I read that story and I was like, nope, this is it. Ooh, that is. This is the one. That like speaks, that's like not just like a regular ass like ghost shit. Like just, you know, how like ghosts could be just like essentially like a recording where it's like they're just on a loop saying or doing yeah. the same thing over and over again or even having some kind of sentience where they're like fucking around and causing mischief or whatever and trying to fuck with the living that's like that feels to me more like demonic or something yeah. where there's like evil intent because to like coax somebody to kill themselves is like that's a that's a whole nother level of like being dead you know what i mean that's yeah, not just that regular human shit that's like oh you're there's dark intent here yeah you are doing some demon ass shit yeah i like and i think the initial story that i read was just the two brothers which was creepy enough that um and there was no mention of the second brother being coaxed because obviously they didn't know um but yeah the, like the third totally unrelated person just being coaxed by the brothers because he was in the same room was like oh shit like that's and supposedly they sealed off that room um and it's just used as like a facilities room or something like it's not it's no longer a room that people stay in supposedly um again it's hard to know like how many of these stories are just like stories that have gotten out of hand over the years maybe based in some truth or if they're true um obviously again any listeners knowing us know that we tend to believe the shit but there's no really no way to know but um yeah, that seemed like really next level. Like even the brother, if that is what happened to the second brother, that like the first brother coaxed him to join him. And so he was like, okay. Right. Um, but like fucked up that that would happen to a, an unrelated, like not other family member. I don't know. Fucked up to begin with really, but. Fucked up dang. and down. Yeah. So there's that. There's uh, people in that building, the same, not the room, but the same building have reported like things falling off the wall, hearing knocks at their door, but opening them to nothing. Um, like hearing things falling in the middle of the night in their room, but then like not being able to find what it was. Like it was just a noise and not actually anything falling. Oh, weird. Um, and then like their alarm clocks going off at random times that they didn't set them for. Uh, and then a couple different stories of people waking up in the middle of the night in various buildings on the campus and, like, the feeling of being pushed into the bed and not being able to move, like, reminded me of, like, the sleep paralysis kind of feeling where it's, like, yeah. you're stuck, but maybe even more intense than that because it, like, felt like somebody was actually pushing you down. Wow. Um, so, again, like, definitely, yeah, like, it makes sense that a campus and a school or, like, anything as old as that would have spirits because, like, we've talked about this before where just any place that has that much history and that much death and everything happening in and near it like would have some spirits but there's definitely some darker like more malevolent stuff going on there right um wow and then full circle to a sort of more lighthearted story 
Um, really, the only thing I found on Reddit, usually things like this have a lot of anecdotal stories on Reddit, but I only found one. But this guy posted like eight years ago was saying that he started at Norwich as a rook, um, a freshman in the Corps of Cadets. Okay. So at some point early on in the first year, they had to learn how to make their beds a certain way. And so he said, one night we tore them up, left the room and locked the door. I was the last one out and confirmed that the door was locked. We went to get dinner and came back to our rooms about an hour later. Our cadre, basically drill sergeants crossed with RAs, were with us the whole time and both of my roommates, who were the only other people to have keys, were also there the whole time. There are actually no other keys to our room. The administration has to crack the locks to get into rooms if all of the keys are lost. When we returned, one of the beds was made perfectly. At that time, none of us could make beds very well, so we were naturally freaked out. Yep. Um, He said, so today we were telling ghost stories, Norwich is supposed to be the second most haunted campus in the United States. And my roommate told the story about our beds. We were told to leave notes for the ghost to see if we were telling the truth. At 8 p.m., we left our room with notes on the floor, locked the door, and left for the movie. I once again locked and checked the door. It was locked. Both my roommates were in my field of view, so I know they were there the whole time. And they came back to the notes, like, having, like, a red, just, like, if you took, like, a marker or a pen or something and just did, like, a line across it. Like, both the notes had that. And I guess they did it a second time, and the same thing happened. Huh. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, ghosts making beds and shit. Which, again, also makes sense hmm. um, that, like, the ghosts would be, like, folding the PT gear and, like, making the beds if these are, like you said, um, in that kind of case, like, very much fits the spirits of people that went to school there, spent time there, were doing those tasks that are just sort of, like, on repeat. Like, they're in a right. room and the bed's messed up and they know, oh, I need to make my bed. And so they're just doing it. Um, just Right. Like, exactly. Like, you, it would make sense you're just repeating an action that I'm sure, like, making your bed like that, it, since it's so regimented, it's something you could do in your sleep or whatever. And mm. so when you're dead, you're just going through those same motions again because it's sort of like that's, that's like the part of your brain that, yeah, like you're on a loop. So it would make sense that the thing that you're doing on a loop is the thing that you did on a, on a loop in real life. Yeah. Exactly. And I think we'll we'll do an episode more on this at another time, but like, it's fascinating to me that there clearly are places like this, obviously, and um, many other places where it's like, you know, spirits, you would think, like when you really think about it, in the United States and anywhere, like there have to be spirits just everywhere because there's people who die everywhere, like Every, even if it's not the literal structure that you're living in, like if our house has only been here since the fifties, like there were still other things here before this. And you would think like there just have to be every stretch of earth has to have people who died there. And maybe not everybody exists on earth as a spirit after they die. But like, if we think that everybody does to some level, they've just got to be all over. But then there's places like this where it's like, super concentrated and almost like um like they're able to tap into more existing energy to like feed off of and use to do things like there's some places where people see like minorly weird stuff they might just like hear some noises but then there's places where yeah shit's moving or you know people have reported seeing stuff fly across the room like crazy shit where 
clearly those spirits are able to like weather those spirits themselves for whatever reason are like stronger or they're tapping into something that's available that they're like able to do more than just like you said like the loop of just like saying the same phrase or the same name or whatever right Um, Hmm. so that's i always think of it too like acoustics like if you have if if like you're you know as a living being you're sort of like exuding energy and that energy is in a wave it fit it'll interact differently with different materials and so if you have an older building that's made of mostly like stone like the energy that is released upon your death depending on if it was traumatic or not like if you're if it's a traumatic death you're going to expend more energy so that energy then either can dissipate and sort of disappear or if you're in a building or a room with good acoustics it's going to continuously reverberate around that room and so if you have a whole building that was built what'd you say it was 200 years old yeah <clears throat> and so it's made of mostly stone or whatever that energy could potentially get more easily trapped in a building like that and then with each successive death there's more and more energy that's being trapped because of the acoustics of this building that can't be released Right. Which is why some buildings are more haunted than others, I feel like. At least that's how I think of it. Who knows if that's scientifically any validity whatsoever, but... Yeah, right? Like, part of the nice thing about this is that maybe none of this is scientifically anything, so it's just, like, free up for interpretation and, you know, theorizing, which is part of what I love about it, that there's no, like, solid answers of, like, oh, no, this is how spirits do whatever it's like we don't fucking know right um but yeah it's fascinating to me that there are places like that like and then you know in my house like i've never had an inkling of anything in my house and it was built in the 50s like and again like the land that we're on like has been here for much longer and who knows but there's just nothing like i've never felt any weirdness here no malevolent energy like not any type of like spirit energy whatsoever Um, but like, I feel like I did feel some in our old house, not anything bad, but like it it did feel like there was something going on there. Right. Um, and I experienced that all over. Like we go to Evergreen Cemetery in Portland all the time and it's a huge cemetery. It's super old. There's like tons of people there, but I've never felt weird in there ever. And then... I go to some cemeteries, like, we went to Calvary Cemetery in South Portland for right. you Mainers listening, and that cemetery had, like, the weirdest energy. It was just not good. It didn't feel pleasant. Um, right. Hmm. And we've been there a few times, so, like, it wasn't just, like, that day or, like, the weather or anything like that. It was just, like, every time I've been there, I'm like, eh, this doesn't feel, doesn't feel right. So, shit like that, too. Like, why... I don't know. You'd think there'd be the more bodies there were in a cemetery, but at the same time, the people in that cemetery didn't die there. They are just buried there. So like, right. It's gotta be a different thing. If you maybe died in a place or that was a place you spent all your time before you died type right. of thing versus just like where your body's resting. So I don't know. It's a cool, cool topic that we will definitely explore more. Just like the, yeah, the, energies of spirits but it's wild to me that this place seems to have so much activity right it's cool and then more generally that 
Northfield, Vermont has both the Pigman and one of the most haunted places in the United States. Yeah, right. Like, but it's, yeah, the Devil's Washbowl, like that that's a specific place. So I don't know, maybe this will kind of tie back to our eventual future, like Ley Lines episode to kind of talk about, yeah, reasons why there might be like these hotspots for paranormal activity. So something for you listeners to look forward to, I guess. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's our two awesomely coincidental Northfield, Vermont topics there. It's wild. Yeah. Can't believe it. This was a good one. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Definitely. We'll be doing more state things. Like I said, we won't do them all in a row, but like at some point we'll do another state. Um, so yeah, anybody listening, if you have any stories or experiences with either of these topics, let us know. Yeah, Um, please do. Yeah, I would love to know anything about either of those if you've got any stories you've heard. Um, I feel like we could very easily have listeners in Vermont or with connections to Vermont since we have a lot of Maine listeners. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. So let us know if you have any topics at all you're interested in or themes or anything, let us know. Um, And, yeah, as always, check out our Patreon. We are on Instagram at Unknowable Podcast. We do giveaways for stickers and we're going to have, you know, tote bags and all kinds of stuff. So go over there if you want to keep up with that. But yeah, this was, oh wait, I actually know the episode number. What? Wait. Professionalism. I think it's episode 67. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now I'm not a hundred percent. Don't don't quote me on that. Wait, wait, I know this. I know this. Yep. 67. Nice. Yeah, so this is episode 67 of Unknowable. Unknowable. Love you.